Hey, welcome back to the Sierra Nova Comics Podcast. This is episode 90, Remastering a Comic and Lessons Learned. And in this episode, we're going to discuss the five rules to remastering your comic. And stay, uh, stay tuned to the end for one extra rule. Hey. Boom. Episode 90. Uh, we're back after so many pre-recorded episodes <laughs> of this podcast. Um, I'm never doing that again. Well, never. Say never. Yeah, don't say never. <laughs> but it was so many episodes that were from our virtual Comic Con that was last year, and uh, that's going to be. This year we decided to do it again. <laughs> Except it's going to change it a little bit, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, we're going to be talking about the five rules of remastering your comic. Yeah, some some of these rules too will apply to making comics in general, but definitely when you're remastering a comic, these are extremely important to keep in mind. Yeah, so let's get into that. Um, so rule numero one is edit your script. Yes. <laughs> uh, our first version of Seer Chronicles, the script was more of a storyboard. It wasn't really a uh, script. So what we're going to be talking about mostly is just like our first artist that we had do it. He was kind of working off a storyboard and less of like a formulated script of like what it is now. So yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Def definitely. When you're working on your first comic ever, like, like first, first off, if, if you're deciding to remaster a comic, it's likely because it's an older comic. It's something you worked on in the beginning. Maybe, be, <clears throat> maybe when you still didn't have your feet wet, so your comic storyline might not have been as optimized as it could be. Uh, in previous episodes, I've talked about you know the fallacies of the live-action Aladdin, so I won't go too deep into this, but essentially there's key things that you want to have in every panel to make sure the story is moving forward. And when you first get into comic book writing um, and editing, you're not going to know how to do that to the best of your ability. So if you're going to be remastering your comic, you want to make sure that that storyboard is on or you, that story is on point. You want to make sure that you're actually telling the story you wanted to tell and you're not just redrawing an old story because a, a redrawn version, although it's going to look, you know, better, uh, a a clearer story will also be much better. Yeah. Um, people, people actually say that the cover kind of like hooks people um, for a comic, but like they stay for the story. So the first issue usually is they just ooh pretty art, but like if you get people to like back your Kickstarter or, or Indiegogo, whatever. Or you know, just a store wants your comic. Um, it's because fans like the story once it gets the issue two and on. So yeah, the co the cover is kind of like you can trick someone into buying it, but if you want them to tell their friends to buy it, they need to they need to like the story. Yeah. And so even if you redraw the whole thing and it looks beautiful, and then you pay some dude five hundred dollars to make some fancy cover art. Um, you know, like you're going to still be limited by the story because word of mouth is still the best form of marketing and a really good story is a really great way to get your fans to retell and share your story. Yeah. Rule number two, don't be too easy on your artist. This is totally because of, <laughs> this is me. This is all me. Uh, so our <clears throat> artist, Ricardo, 
yeah, I'm going to drop names. So Ricardo um, was our first. <laughs> and uh, I was. That's doing- true. We've worked with enough Ricardos that that's actually confusing. <laughs> that's, so that's perfect. Yeah, that's true. So, but he, um, I, I was being too easy on him because, like, this was kind of our first, like, go for making a comic. And like we said before, it was more of a storyboard, but the time I thought the script was fine. So you shouldn't just be complacent with that. But um, so you shouldn't be too easy on your artist because one, they can kind of control what you're doing. And then you don't get the full story, like our story. um, Yes, it was a storyboard, basically. It wasn't more of a script, like edited. Uh, but he didn't even add some pages in that were actually in that. So it just, it, it didn't translate well when it actually went into like an actual comic. And that that's one of the main reasons why we are remastering it, remastered it basically. Um, because some things that were important were not like added at all. And then people are like, well, there should be like a page or two here and it's just like missing. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, and and, and honestly, that's <clears throat> if you're working with an artist who uh, doesn't know your story inside or out or isn't like a really top-tier artist, <clears throat> and even then, they can be one of the best artists in the world, but if they don't know your story, they might not be able to match the style or mood of what you're trying to portray. So when you're working with your artist, you want to make sure that if you see something that doesn't make you comfortable with your story, like let them know ahead of time. Don't don't just uh, you know go oh like yeah it's okay and then three pages later you realize actually now that that looks different there it looks weird here right like you, you like be be picky like you're you're paying them uh, you know hopefully a, you know a decent rate at least as long as you're paying them well um, you know you, you can be a little picky and even if you're not paying them well honestly many artists are trying to get their you know foot in the door they want to you know showcase really good artwork. And if you're not a satisfied customer, you're not going to tell people to go to them, right? So even if you're paying your artist a much lower wage, they're going to be, you know, wanting to have you as some like a, a champion for them going, hey, like, you know, you, you should definitely check out this artist. He's incredible. And one of the ways to do that is to make sure you're not too easy on them so that you're satisfied so much with the work that you do want to share that. Yeah. Rule number three, constant and clear communication. So <clears throat> we have been learning, <laughs> we've always been learning, but uh, our artist, our first artist didn't send all of the pages at like, um, not at once, but he, he sent like a few pages and didn't like kind of give us any progress report on anything. So we have changed since then, obviously have adapted to all that. And we're like, oh, so some people do it that way. Um, so what we do is we do pencils and, um, well, we don't do the pencils. The artist does the pencils. Yeah. <laughs> I can't draw. Uh, we They do the pencils and then we look them over. So either they do the roughs, um, which some artists have done, like Adam Fields has done roughs. We look at the roughs. We then comment on things, mostly Dylan, and yeah. <laughs> he, he either tears it apart in a very nice, kind of nice way, and then yeah, it, and then he's like, "Oh, well, this is actually supposed to be here or something," and then he moves on from there into pencil. Yeah, it, it, and the point too is like you can have different 
um, plans, which we'll talk about in the next rule. But basically, the whole idea is making sure that you're consistent with it, right? Like, whatever you're doing, no matter how your progress is, like, there, there could be someone who goes right to inks immediately. But whatever it is, you want to make sure that you're looking at it constantly. Like, you don't want weeks to go by and you're like, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, yeah, I already drew seven pages and had three of them colored. It's like, whoa, I haven't even seen the first page. Like, what happened? So, constant and clear communication is extremely important. You want to make sure that your, um, what's it called? Uh, your vision for your comic is being seen. And if you're not constantly communicating with your artist, you'll also find very often that if they have other work, yours might slip to the side. You want to make sure that you're constantly sticking out like, Hey, is this going well? And you don't want to be a thorn in their side. You want to be annoying because then, then they might not want to work with you again in the future, but you certainly don't want several days to go by if they're drawing on a daily basis or more than one week go by if they're drawing on a weekly basis and not have communicated with them and don't wait for them to reach out to you. This is your project, right? You're paying them for it. You want to, you're the one that has to manage that. Yeah. Um, I actually, our current artist that's remastering our comic, um, <clears throat> I didn't talk to him for like a couple days, but then I reached out to him and I'm like, oh, how's it going? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm just busy with a Kickstarter that we're running right now. So that, that's why I haven't done, I haven't checked up on him as much as I usually do. I don't like hound him, but yeah, you should definitely like have clear communication because if you don't, then you wind up having to either remaster your comic or you just choose to grow from that. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing, too, is one the reason why we're mentioning these rules now is that if you're remastering a comic, it's likely because it wasn't exactly how you envisioned it before. So aside from the constant communication, it's being very, very clear. Like, don't say – I like no designer is going to or every designer knows this whether you're a graphic designer a brand designer or you're a comic book artist if you if someone comes to you and goes oh could you make it look a little cleaner like what does that mean right and you might not that that's why it's if you're a comic book creator i would highly recommend learning a lot of the comic book lingo like read some read some quick little blurbs and articles on it find some books on it you want to know how you can communicate with your artist clearly in the words that they understand because if, if they have to translate everything that you're saying into words they understand beforehand and i don't mean like a different language which very often you might deal with that with certain artists if you're working with them in uh different countries but if you're working with any artist, whether they're your native tongue or not, you want to make sure you're using the words they understand. So don't say, oh, I wish it was bigger. Like, no, be specific. Like, what part was bigger, right? Like, when, you know, when we're describing scenes to our artists now, we're like, you know, we want this in the foreground, this in the background, this in the middle ground. We want the left, center, right, top, middle, bottom, or top, center, bottom, right? We want to make sure that we know exactly we know exactly what we mean when we talk, and we want to make sure that they understand what we're saying when we talk. Yeah, do that. Rule yeah. four: set your budget, set rules. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so, budget. Um, if you didn't know, a comic creating a comic is a lot of money. It it can range from. I don't know. A very cheap comic. I don't even know what the cheap. I would is. say it depends on on how many roles you take, but understand in comic book creation, it goes writing, editing, penciling or roughs, uh, ink, coloring, lettering. Right. That's a lot of probably, steps. And then you edit 
probably around like one or two more times too. But uh, I'll talk yeah. about the story edits. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. like a, the original, like an editor, right? Yeah. The rest of it is like yeah, looking at it consistently. Um, but yeah, usually it's like that. Uh, if you're the artist, then obviously you do a bulk of the work. And if you're the artist and writer, like the creator in general, and do everything, then you do everything. But you still got to follow like the rules. You're not gonna yeah. like, have a page and be like, oh, I didn't ink it. Well, that doesn't make. <laughs> well, not not just that. You want to set the you want to set the rules for your budget. If you're paying an artist a certain amount of money to get a certain amount of stuff done, make sure that they stick to that plan. You want to make sure that, let's say, uh, your artist says we'll get five pages a week or two pages a week, even one page a week, whatever it is, set those rules ahead of time so that you know that you're spending your money uh, on, like you're, you know what you're getting and what you're spending your money on. And the artist knows what they're supposed to deliver because you don't want to you know, pay an artist and then have them disappear for a week and be like, oh yeah, I was working on another project. Like, no, you want to make sure they know like, oh, I'm paying you now for this project for the end of the week because an artist has no idea. Right. They don't know when you need it unless you tell them. They don't know how quickly you need it unless you tell them. They don't know what your uh, rhythm of getting these in. Right. Like, let's say you plan on editing comics every Sunday. Right. Then you need then you need more pages every Sunday. So you need at least that work done by Sunday. Right. If you're doing it on a daily basis. Right. If like this is your sole purpose is creating comics. Well, then again, you need to make sure those artists are pumping those out on a daily basis. And so making sure that there's rules for what you're spending your money on. Don't, don't, you know, pay an artist to do something, have them send it to you. And then when it's unclear, like, ah, actually, can you make these changes? They're like, oh, that's going to be extra. Well, then make sure you know that ahead of time, right? Because if, if you're paying for a penciler, you're paying them a decent rate and you're looking for minor changes and they're asking you to pay for a whole new page, probably not a good artist to work with, right? You want to make sure that you know what their rules are and what your rules are for what you're paying for. And, and if you need to, like, you know, look, look into all of the things that can go wrong and then essentially figure out, okay, how does this artist handle those, right? What happens if they need to redraw the entire page? What happens if they need to redraw an entire panel? What happens if they need to redraw an entire character within a pair of panel? Or what happens if they need to redraw the environment within that panel? All of those things are going to be different per artist. Some of them, they'll just be like, yep, I'll do as many revisions as you want. Some of them will be like, okay, like I'll do two major revisions or one major revision, right? Or they'll be like, hey, I'll do one major revision and, you know, unlimited minor revisions like facial expressions, right? If it's like, oh, can you just make his eyes a little angrier, right? They're not going to be, so you'd be nitpicky about that. But you want to make sure you know that ahead of time because you don't want to bring on an artist for a major project, have four pages drawn, and suddenly you're like, oh, like, oh, I didn't know that we were going to have to repay to completely redo this page, even though I just want this one panel fixed, right? So you want to make sure you know how their what their rules are and what your rules are and make sure that your budget can handle it. Yeah. Sure. Also, we, we haven't done like contracts really yet, but we're going to be moving into that because of our whole year of... <laughs> dealing with things so uh it, deadlines yeah. we're gonna start uh formulating like deadlines for projects because we have certain things that need to get done at certain times so we're gonna actually start doing contracts uh we and, had and, a contract with um one of the artists for two of our series but from now on i think we're gonna be doing that because it's just 
And, and that's part of the setting rules is like you don't need to have a 40 page contract for artists. Right. You, you know, honestly, in, in most uh, at least in the states. Right. Most states word of mouth. Right. Which means like the written word or text. Right. Just like an email. Like if there's an email stating that, you know, your artist will deliver every week for this amount of money. And these are the general rules. Right. Then that's pretty, pretty much fine. Like you also don't want to scare off your artist with a 300 page contract, making sure that they can't leave their house unless they've drawn your artwork. Right. But you want to make sure that they do at least have some rules set. And the other reason for that, it's not like you're going to go out and sue your artist. The whole idea is that if they're not meeting those standards, like word of mouth is super powerful both ways, positive and negative. You want to make sure that your artists are keeping to their word. And, you know, if you find out they're, you know, they're, they're not listening to anything you're saying, they're, they're charging more than, you know, they, you know, should for what they're doing. Uh, they, they're not setting, they're not following their own budgetary rules and they're breaking the ones you've set. Then you need to make sure that like you're noting that, like, because if you're in this community, you want to make sure that you're working with good people and you find out your friend is making a comic and they're like, Oh yeah, I was thinking about working with this artist. It's like, Whoa, like we, we had a clear contract and this person was not following them. Right. So it's definitely, it's definitely very helpful because we, you know, there, there are some people that they'll charge an arm and a leg. Uh, we, we talked to someone on a previous podcast. So like, I'm the best in the area. It's like, have you ever done massive work before? It's like, no, all indie work. Right. So, you know, some artists get a little big for their britches and yes, some artists are incredible, but make sure that you are in fact, keeping them to the rules they set. Uh, even if it's as simple as setting an email in the beginning, you know, save it into Google Docs or into, you know, Word Doc or whatever, and just make sure you know the rules and make sure that you're following through through with them as well. Rule number five. Yes, have which clear, definitely is over to this. <laughs> have a clear project management plan. Like we said before, there's pencils. Well, there's writing, editing, pencils or roughs, pencils inks, colors, lettered, lettered pages. And then you'll, m most of the time, um, the letterer would do a great job, uh, depending on who your letterers or whatever. And, uh, I, and actually I'll say, I'll say one other thing too. Uh, if you are not the writer, if you're just a creator, so like this is for the people that they're just creatives, they just have a good idea in their head and they don't even write the story. Um, you know, we met some people like this. We even offer this on our platform to, you know, beginning to end, including the writing. If you're just the creator in the beginning, bef uh, before the writing, you also might have uh, concept art, right? So that would be one other yeah. thing along your project is that you'll have concept art that can include character concept art, um, equipment and vehicles, environment, things like that uh, to keep in mind. Uh, so yeah, if you're not the writer and you're not writing out your whole story and don't already have a, a picture of this in your head, you're definitely going to want concept art. And even if you are uh, a writer, you're still, you still might want concept art so that you and your artist can both go, oh, okay, this is what this character looks like. In fact, for some of our artistry uh, or for some of our comics, we have characters, you know, front facing and side facing and then like a, a unique like action pose so that we know that our artists can see this is what this character looks like in panels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you might have to edit the lettering after the lettering is done because sometimes either you miss something in the script, even though you have edited it once or twice, 
which we just which we actually had to do for our comic <laughs> scales. Let's 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 start from the beginning before we get into lettering, right? Yeah. So yeah, so when you start with the writing of the story, um, well, again, whether you're the writer or you hire a writer, after it's been written, you're going to want an editor. Like for us, Greg is the writer, I am the editor. You want them to be two different people, even if you're on the same team. The idea is you don't you can't edit something you've written, right? Because you've seen it. You've seen it a hundred times. You're not going to notice it. That's why, you know, someone else who walks into, or actually, I just thought of something funny. Those old Lysol commercials when someone walks into the room and your nose blind, right? You remember that? They're like, you know, you walk in the room, it's like, oh, it smells like dirty socks. Like, no, I don't smell anything. It's like, because your nose blind, because you've been there. So that's the same with your writing. You know, you're not going to see what it is that could be wrong with it. And so that's why you want an external editor. And especially if you're uh, much more of the idea person, right? So you're writing out your story, but maybe you're not like a story uh, tell, a storyteller in the sense that you don't know how to, uh, you know, if you were over a campfire, you couldn't pull people in, then maybe you want an editor just to make sure that the story is actually being written in a way. <laughs> you see, look at the dog gets it. Um, yeah, this, you want your story to be told in a way that actually pulls readers in. So, right. So that's the, that's the first step of, after writing. And now that you've gotten a story that's well-written and you're handing off to the pencilers, and as we mentioned before, they might do roughs or they might go right into pencils, but either way, you wanna make sure that after that first step, you get a clearance point, right? So that's what we do at least. And again, it depends on who you're working with, but we have our artists with a pencil, draw out what the scene will look like. And very often we're like, oh, okay, I see what you were doing here. Um, this is what we meant, right? Way before that's like all the way colored and lettered and they have to, you know, redraw the whole panel. We're like, oh, this this scene doesn't make any sense. So like a small example, we had a panel where uh, one of our characters looked shocked or like angry. I, think, I don't remember which one it was, but they were one or the other. And oh, they were angry. That's what it was. They looked angry in this scene and they were supposed to be shocked. Like it was a scene where like they were getting shocked, right? Uh, not like electrical shock, but like they were like, whoa, what's happening here? And so because of that, like we saw that in the pencils way before it's all the way colored. Right, because if this was colored, then basically we have to have the entire face redrawn, re-inked, and recolored. Um, which you know, it's either that or they have to do redo the whole panel. So that's something to keep in mind is to actually look at each of the, each of the panels very clearly. Um, you know, have a checklist. Like say, okay, here's the character, right? Because we've had this before, where like we're watching this character throughout all the panels. We had a comic book printed. And by this point, it's already done. And someone goes, who's this guy? Like we talked about, he's, he's the scientist, right? It's like, oh, where's his tie? And we're like, whoa, tie's missing in this one panel where it's kind of important, right? Because he's so far away, you can't see the details anymore of his face. And because of that, you don't know who he is. So it's very important to like follow each character through, right? So if you've got four, four characters in three pages, right look through that character each time and make sure they're the same then look at the environment and make sure the environment is the same make sure whatever it is that's important is the same and then go through and make sure the story makes sense right can like is this this person shouting like do they look angry right so you got to have like a little checklist whether it's in your head or it's on paper um i definitely recommend having a checklist on paper for characters making sure you follow them along because that's happened to you know so many times with artists that we've worked with and, and even the good artists that we work with, it's just every once in a while, they're drawn panel after panel, just like when you're the writer and you get lost in your own story and you don't see this blaring uh, issue that a, a, an editor will, an artist can do the same thing. They're 12 pages into your comic and suddenly they're like, oh, 
I, I forgot to draw that little badge he's supposed to have on him, or I forgot to put the hat on him, or like, oh no, I drew his hair slightly different. So when the colorist got to it, he thought it was a different character and he drew it a different color, right? So very important to, uh, to understand that, um, you know, when you're going along the penciling. After that, the inking. So the inking is definitely going to be where you're going to see very clean details that are drawn in there. And, you know, Greg has seen these where, like, you know, you look at the pencils, you're like, that looks great. And then you see the inks and you're like, oh, like, now I see what you're doing with that. Or sometimes we're looking at the pencils and we're like, and, and this is something you have to learn to work with your artists. If they're both the penciler and the inker, sometimes they might be a very excellent inker and not as great of a, a drawing as, like, some of the shading or whatever in pencils. So maybe they're like, hey, I get that you don't like this part right now, but wait till I ink it. Now, this is where back to rule number four, like the setting your budget rules. Understand that if you are working with artists like that, that there's a clear rule. Like if they do that, right, they've cleared the pencil that you were uncertain about and they're going to draw the inks and then you're still uncool with the inks. Make sure that that's not going to be coming out of your budget because they've moved the project forward. Right. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. After the inking, it gets to the colorist, and as long as you work with Febri, uh, you know you don't have to worry about it. You know, big shout out to Febri. Um, you know, hopefully we don't give him so many projects that he can't handle them anymore. But uh, basically, yeah, you just hand it off to this colorist, and you know he makes magic happen. But if you're not working with Febri, if you don't have the uh, the luxury to do so, um, you know definitely it's something that when you have the colors done, make sure you make the story make sense. We've had it a couple times where um, even working with Febri because he's awesome. He might draw a scene that we in our head know is nighttime, but we didn't write it in the script. And now we're seeing it colored and we're like, why is it daytime? Like yeah. this is supposed to be scary, right? Um, because the colorist might not know your whole story either, especially, again, if you're working with artists from around the world. Some of them might not speak English. And if they're just a colorist, right, they don't really need to know your whole story. Now, it's always better if they do, but they don't need to, right? Um, and so because of that, you want to make sure that they're very defined. And that's also back to what we talked about before, editing your script. If you're editing your script for a remastered thing, like think about those issues you had the first time, right? Like one of our panels, we had it where a character's running down a street and he's running the wrong direction, right? Now, the reason why that makes sense in our world is because we're really like, we built it out very specifically. But if your world's not as built out, then that's fine. Maybe it's perfectly fine. So you want to make sure that you're looking at like what are your rules for your own world and making sure that you're following them along this uh, journey. And then after the colorist, like Greg was talking about, you hand it off to the letterer. And with the lettering, you're going to then finally see where all the bubbles fit, right? Because that's something that, you know, if you're working with a good artist, uh, they should be leaving room for bubbles, right? Um, very often if you wrote a story and wrote a panel and you're like, okay, I want the panel to look like this and they draw it out and they're like, ah, I kind of need this room. Sometimes you do have to kind of trust your artist because maybe they can see where the bubbles go. Now, if your artist doesn't know, isn't good with that, then maybe you have to be looking for that. Maybe that's one of your checklist items. Like, okay, I kind of have a lot of words in this panel and there's no room for a bubble. Right. So you got to make sure you're looking out for that stuff. And if you're working with uh, Jerome, you also probably don't have to deal with that. He's going to just, you know, he's going to fix all your all your woes. But something you might notice is that even if they follow all your rules, right? So even if you have Jerome working on your team and he writes everything that you wanted, you might now suddenly realize now that it's drawn out, you can physically see the comic and you're like, okay, I now see how the story looks in picture form. That doesn't quite fit quite, you know, right now. Like that's too much. That's too little. 
it's bad timing, whatever it is that the writing might not, the uh, verbalization of the comics, the speaking parts of the comics, the mnemonics, the background sounds of the comics might not make sense in this particular scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for scales, actually, um, there's a lot of writing for this one page when they're on the beach and we actually cut a bunch of the dialogue out because one word bubbles didn't fit and that wasn't Adam's fault. That was my fault because there's too much writing, too much words and so much stuff happening. So yeah, we actually cut some of that out because your story matters, but like, so does your art. Well, I, that's something that, like, as Greg mentioned earlier, our first comic was drawn in very storyboard fashion. Storyboard is meant for film, though, right? Storyboard, like, you can draw one panel, you know, panel in a storyboard, and people will know, like, oh, there's six things happening in this. But in a comic, you need to separate those, right? Because in a movie, you can draw draw things by shifting the camera a little bit, but the camera doesn't shift in a panel, Right. Uh, you can't change the color of a, of a single panel where you can just change the color of a, of a film scene, right? So because of these different things that you can do in film, you have different tools in order to pull off uh, these robust things. So, for example, if you're drawing a scene where someone's crying in a film, the actual physical tears coming down, you can see the action of that, right? You could be zooming in on them so that you get more and more details, where in a comic, now that might, here's the interesting thing. With comics, you can actually do two different things. Maybe you have to draw six different panels of an action scene. But let's say for crying, maybe it's just one big splash page where there's so much detail, you can see the reflection of the one they lost in the pupils of their eyes, right? That's something that you might not do in film, yeah. right? Even if it's animation, right? But the whole idea is that that's something you can get really, really detailed with in a single panel. And that can do way more than a, a, a five-minute scene of somebody crying. We're in a film like they need you to see this. Because the reader don't, – don't forget the reader isn't flying through your book so fast they can't see the images, right? And they're not flipping through it like it's a film and they're trying to make the, the camera roll so fast they can see it. Some of the times they're just staring at that artwork, right? Sometimes there doesn't even need to be words. And the whole point is you want to make sure that while they're looking at that, you've encapsulated the entire story. And so if it's a fight scene – Right, you can't draw a fight scene in two panels. It's not going to look interesting. Where in a action movie, you could have a fight scene in three seconds and have it be epic. You can't do that in panels in comics. You might need seven panels. You might need a whole page of panels just to show this one fight scene. And so that's what you want to make sure that now that it's all drawn out and you're seeing the words in it, that you're actually getting the story you wanted to tell. And some of those things are caught ahead of time in the pencils, but some of those are all the way down to the lettering where you're like, man, this seems really powerful. And he says way too much. And this is a beautiful splash page. Maybe he just says no. Maybe he just says, oh, my God. Right. Like he just says one thing. And sometimes and, you know, we haven't had this yet, but I would believe, you know, there are going to be times you're looking at your artwork and you're like, wow, there shouldn't be anything on this page. Get rid of all the words. This is just so beautiful. You're like, that's exactly what I want, right? And so definitely make sure that you have, uh, like we said, rule number five is the clear project management plan, which means you know what you're doing each step of the way. So along with those rules and the budget that you have, you're making sure that you're like, step one is this, step two is this, step three is this. So when the comic is complete, you're happy with it, and you're not regretting that you forgot something six, six steps ago. 
And you want to do that along the way. You want, you know, make sure you don't have the entire comic book penciled out. So th this is something, um, you know, for the for the nerds out there, there's something called the Toyota Way. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's actually an engineering thing, but essentially Toyota was the first, I think, car manufacturer that did this. They built a car from beginning to end as quickly as possible, as opposed to going, you know, frame, 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 frame. Tires, 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 right? So instead of pumping out individual things such as pencils, 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 then inks, 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 you don't want to do that. You want to get at least a couple pages completely done before you just – the whole comic's pencil. And the reason why is because you need to see how it's going to look at the end because let's say you get the entire thing uh, penciled and you're cool with it. And then you get the entire thing inked and there's like maybe a couple things you're unsure about but it's good enough. And then you get the entire thing colored and you're like, oh, crap, right? This one character looks terrible throughout the whole thing, and I couldn't see it till it was colored. Like you don't want that. So the whole idea is you want to – as you're going through the comic, we have our stuff penciled maybe five pages at a time. Then we have it inked five pages at a time, then colored five pages at a time. And maybe while that coloring is happening, the next five pages are getting penciled, and that's fine. So we're not holding up traffic. Yeah, it's like an the, assembly line. Yeah. yeah, but the whole idea is that the beginning of that assembly line is finishing before you're done with the comic because you want to make sure that that first page, that second page, is what you were looking for. Because if not, you got to stop it. Like, And that's the part of that, that Toyota way I was talking about before. What happens is they finish a car quick enough. That they're like, oh no, there's a there was a problem with that car. We had to stop the whole assembly line right now. Let's look at this car. What's the problem with it? Cool. Let's go back to the point at which we have to fix that. Fix it now, and then we'll turn everything back on. So you catch problems faster, and you're not pumping out 20 pages of crap. You only pumped out three, right? So you know you want to make sure that you don't you don't pump out an entire bad comic because you don't have a plan. You want to make sure that before the final page is completely penciled. At least your first page is colored. Lettering is a little different. Lettering, I believe, you could probably wait for um, just because the lettering can be manipulated a with a little more ease. But I would probably even prefer to have the first, first and second page lettered before your last page is even penciled. And that will just allow you to see like, oh, that's what it's going to look like. I don't like it. Or, oh, that's what it's going to look like. I'm okay with that. Or that's what it's going to look like, and I love it. Keep going. Right. And if you're OK with it, take a note, because maybe a three pages later, you're going to go, OK, I need that first page fixed, which I know is going to take a little tweaking now, but it's better than having 16 pages fixed in the future. Yes. Nice. <laughs> All of that. Mm -hmm. you, so, know, you stuck with us this far. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go over one more rule. But before you do that, please like, share, subscribe. <laughs> yeah, see, see, Hit the bell you. notification. Do that. Ring it. Like just, just, ding, ding, ding. I don't know why it doesn't ding. Like I love gamification. Like they should make it when you click it. It like you know, ring. Yeah, I know. Like on people's videos, that it can do that, but they just put a little sound effect there. Oh, I don't mean in the video. I want it when they hit our oh, actual yeah, bell no. below yeah. below the video. Yeah. Like so, it actually hit subscribe. Not like if we put a bell on the screen, don't click that. That'll do nothing. It'll just pause the video. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Now that you click like, share, subscribe, and you even commented something. Now that I have you. <laughs> Rule six. The pros and cons of even remastering your comic. So Wait. Now, before we dive into this, pause the video. And below, if you've ever remastered your comic or ever considered remastering your comic, 
what do you think the pros and cons are? If you have remastered it, what were the what were the pros? What did you see as the cons? And if you haven't, I want you to you know tell us like what do you think are the pros and the cons? And then when you're done with that, press play on the video and you can hear our thoughts. Yeah, but we'll watch as you comment. <laughs> If you're listening to this on a podcast, um, yeah. If you're driving, you're, don't don't do that. No, like, don't do that. Just keep driving. But, do it later. It's okay. So it's not it. worth it. But if you're listening on the podcast, there is a Q and A section, and we will uh, put that in the Q and A section. If you're on Spotify, you can actually do that. Oh, the the poll stuff or whatever they added. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, rule six. So the pros and cons is it's not more of like a rule. It's more of just pros and cons. And um, it's basically you, consideration of whether or not you should remaster your comic. Yeah. To sum it all up. So if you don't remaster your comic, you save money and you a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, you can move forward, which that, that's another pro. Um, you move forward and you can grow from that. Because uh, actually, Catalyst Comics Studio, they they said they aren't remastering any other comics they have already done. They're just moving forward, which that's cool. You don't have to remaster your comic. Um, we're doing it just because I wrote the thing, didn't like the thing, and I was like, well, time to put more money into this. <laughs> I, I, I would say um, when it comes to moving forward, like the, the pros and cons of it, if you have a story that's going to be very, very long, Right. You want to make sure that story is is pretty good beginning to end. Even, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect beginning to end, although that's the ideal. Everyone wants that. You still want to make sure that it's a congruent story and everyone knows what's happening from beginning to end. So if you have like a 40 or 40 issue comic series, right, which is a lot, I'll say that that's a lot. I probably would not recommend that. I think the standard is like six and you can go a little more, a little less. But if you got a, you know, let's say a six part series and your first issue sucks, right? You, you know, and somebody comes and finds you later and they pick up the first issue, they might not continue reading. So, yes, you can move forward, especially if you have a bunch of other ideas, right? If you've got like 16 different series that you have, that's great. But if you've got like a mainstead, you know, your flagship series, you know, that's that's a little different. You might want to that, – that would be the pro and con there is like if, if you've got other ones, move forward, right? You have to save time. You have to save money. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you, if you're going to be working on this, on this comic for a long time, it's going to be a six part, 12 part issue, right? Series. You're going to want to make sure that, you know, you can clean this up. Yeah. Uh, our comic Inc. issue one, I wasn't even planning on ever remastering that. It's just really short and I didn't even mm -hmm. realize I've read it multiple times, but it's like super short. And uh, there's only one thing that has to change, but that's going to change when uh, we actually do a Kickstarter for it at some point. I'm not going to tell when. Uh, well, and, and even that, so j just so everyone can understand, like something for that is it's so simple. It's like a single word that we yeah. realized later we wanted to change. So we're not even going to remaster the whole comic. We're changing one word on one panel on one page. And after that is changed, it's just a printing thing. So we're not going to, you know, we're not gonna, like, basically if you've got the old version, you're going to have like this exclusive limited print of this particular comic. Um, and it's simply because of world building that we changed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. So again, pro pros, you get to make, you get to retell your story the way you wanted to. 
um, you know, cons. It's going to it's going to cost you more money. And uh, let's say uh, you, you know you worked with the same artist for three issues and you just want to redo the first one and you can't get the same artist, right? Then you might you know that might be a con. You you might have uh, different of visuals, right? Um, but that's also, again, back to the pros, like let's say you had an artist for your first issue and you didn't like them, so you worked with another artist for the remaining issues. Now you have one comic that doesn't fit the rest of the, the, the pattern, so it could be a con to leave it. So, you know, it might be actually, uh, you know, might behoove you to go back to that first one and have your your new artist draw it. Um, or even just a an artist that matches the similar look to this new artist because you don't want to have it where... You have one artist whose their, their work looks so different; it's not even close um, to your the rest of your story. So someone picks up the second issue and they're like, "Am I reading the same comic?" Right? You want to make sure that they they they're still uh, enthralled in the story. Well, that was the five slash six rules of remastering your comic. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, watching. Hey, what, what's uh, this last part? The in conclusion. I like that one. You can read that, Greg. Just read it. it sounds good. Conclusion? Yeah, just read the conclusion. Oh, at the end of all of this, uh, it's your mind and your decision to make it or not. Uh, I hope this did help you. And uh, if you do decide to remaster a comic, you could just save this for later or just not do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Save this video in your comic book creation. Like, honestly... Um, rule number five, the project management, I would highly recommend that whether you follow our project management path or, you know, you create one for yourself, you know, definitely very valuable for standard comic creation, or if you're going to be remastering your work. So, you know, definitely, you know, save this video, put it in a playlist, share it with your friends that are trying to remaster their comic or share it with your friends. Honestly, even if they skip to this rule, like rule number six, and just to see like, Hey, what's it going to be? Because, you know, you know, it's they got to weigh the the difference of you know remastering their comic now or you know suffering with the consequences later. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for tuning in to Sierra Nova Podcast. This is episode ninety. Um, if you are listening on the podcast end of things, uh, give us a five star review on Apple Podcast. If you are on Apple Podcast, if you're on Spotify, then thanks for just listening. And, and uh, if you're on YouTube, you should check out our other videos playing somewhere in one of these directions. Probably yeah, yeah. there. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. When the end screen comes up. <laughs> yeah. That's where you should do it.